If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is a mess. Get your ass in here. Welcome to Fly on the Wild in the podcast where we talk about relationships. We talk about raising our little baby and recording it all for the world to see on the internet. I'm your neighborhood friendly black girl, Amber. And I'm Ben. And we are very, very excited because we got comedian, writer, accidental activist, Francesca <laughs> Ramsey in the building today. A.K.A. Francesca Lee. Thanks for having me. We're very happy to have you. Question right off the bat. Yes. I'm tired of asking people how their day was, baby. Okay. So okay. what I'm going to ask you is, what has been the happiest part of your day today or week? Oh. Ooh, that's a really good question. The happiest part of my day. Well, I had a work meeting early this morning that conflicted with my personal training session. So I skipped the gym. Mm. You skipped the gym. I skipped the gym. And, and you felt Give, happier for it. I, you know what? I am usually so consistent. And I was like, look at me sleeping in, listening to my body. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes you got to take a little day off and there's nothing wrong with that. So I love it was that. nice. See, I feel like you set me up to say like, so I canceled the work meeting. And No, I got I got to strike all year, mama. The work I need to work. <laughs> the work has been canceled all year. So yeah, yes, it's time to pick it back up. Squeeze it in. There's not much left of 2023. So got to get the work done. Got to get the work done. Yeah, sleeping. I've been kind of on my gym session. Last week, my trainer was out of town. Mm-hmm. So... She was like, make sure you, did make you, sure you do get it by, your, did well, you do it by yourself? yourself. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely yeah. not. That's not true. You went to the gym with a friend. I went on Monday, but yes, the rest that of the counts week. As, yes. You but didn't. she left town on Tuesday. It's so. hot. After you've had, I mean, this is like such a bougie LA conversation, but after you've had someone there like pushing you, it's not the same by yourself. No, I don't, of I don't think it's bougie. I was a cross country runner in college and it's never been the same ever since because you have a community. I think just any community. Yes. Uh, I I am trying to go back to this runners club, and I think that has helped me run. So, but yeah, I guess like a trainer does because they like they're, yell at they you. They always make you. They're always like, we can you go can, a little heavier. Yeah, you can do. Yes. You can do you just, two more. You just don't Correct. grow the same way for sure. No, yeah. you won't. You, need a coach. you will not push yourself. Or personally, you I will not push myself if somebody's not there encouraging me to push myself. Uh, how, yeah, but you save so much money. Everything too. You save so much money if you could do that. What What did you say? I wish I had that kind of push in multiple 
sectors of my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I feel like, like I'm your cook push, like when you're <laughs> cooking in the kitchen, you know? You're like, you can do two more salts. Yes. Do a little more salt. Yes. You know what I mean? Do I not do that for you? <laughs> you do. But you sometimes look. when I'm like doing internet stuff, I'm like, I need someone in my ear to say like, you can post another reel. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. post one more video. Sometimes it's me, but it hasn't been me of late because I'm You're too doing busy stuff. raising a a little child. <laughs> a well, little we'll get priorities. Yeah, she's a lot. <laughs> we'll get there. What I do want to talk about is the first segment of our show is called Hashtag Influenced. Hashtag, hashtag influenced. <laughs> is that how it goes? <laughs> it, that is how it goes. It is great. <laughs> you'll, you'll enjoy it when we play it back. Daniel, don't cut this. Uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about being on the internet and creating and, I don't know, sometimes even getting harassed on the internet. And I feel like our guest is more than qualified to talk about being on the internet because I, I was I was doing some research. I was already a fan, right? And I was doing some research and I think you posted your first YouTube video maybe 16 years ago. Yeah. What I, were you doing 16 years ago that said, like, I gotta start creating? Like, please start from the beginning. Everyone at home is trying to do the math. They're like, how old is she? Um, I was in college and uh, I got an iMac for graduation. Remember like the big, it was like the big egg shaped computer with a little camera and I wanted Mm -hmm. one so bad because I really wanted to make videos. And um, yeah, I was still in school and I was making like hair videos. Uh, I had locks at the time. Yeah. And there was no influencer. There was no career YouTuber. There was no partner program. You couldn't make money. It was just making stuff for the sake of making things. So I had no idea what it would lead to, but I was part of um, an online community on LiveJournal called Get Up, Dread Up. I was one of two black girls in a dreadlock group full of white people. And I was sharing like photos of my hair in the group. And so when I got my new computer, I was like, oh, I'll try making some videos of my hairstyles also. And kind of the rest was history. So how many people were in the Get Up, Dread Up group? It was pretty big. I would say there was like at least a thousand people. And only it. two, and you were one of the two black yeah, people in and that and the group. other girl, Danielle, I'm friends with to this day. Um, we were in the group together for years, and then we met in person when I was in New York. I want to say... I was doing Decoded because I hired her to write on Decoded. She's a hilarious TV writer and has written a book and has worked on all sorts of shows. And we fostered a friendship through there largely because we were always annoyed that like we would say like, here's how we're doing our hair. And then there'd be like some mod who'd be like, that's actually not what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, "Mm." Pump your brakes. Wait, what's, you, a, what's wow. a mod? I'm sorry. Oh, they were like the moderators of the oh. group. So there were people that were, you would submit like a post and then someone would have to approve the post and make sure that like all your code was correct. This was back in the day when you had to put HTML in your little posts. Wow. Um, And there was one mod that I always bumped heads with because she was just always telling me that I wasn't doing my locks correctly. And I was like, Mm, mm, you actually don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything that you're talking about. So essentially like this group gave you the inspo to not only do like natural hairstyles and lock hair and things like that, but also to do shit white girls say. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was really like a a reflection of my growing up in South Florida. Um, I went to a performing arts school that was pretty diverse, but Mm -hmm. I went to Catholic school before that. And so I've grown up in a lot of predominantly white institutions and, and groups. And so I was actually home for the holidays right before I made that video. So I guess it was like the end of 2011. 
and shit girl say had blown up that previous year and I really wanted to make a parody but I was worried that I was too late and then when I was at that holiday party I was the designated driver I wasn't drinking and as everyone started getting drunker the questions like the hair touching and like all that stuff and I thought oh wait a second maybe this is this is a video so I made it when I got back to New York uh top of January and then I went super viral and completely changed my life Wow. I know. It's it's like so surreal to even think about because it's been a little over 10 years. Yeah. And it was just like a totally different time in the internet. Um, I think it has like 12 million views now, which is Jeez. which is good. But like in TikTok numbers, like there are TikToks that get that much, you know, overnight. And, but Still, for me, no, it was don't, huge. Don't settle yourself short. Yeah, well, That's not big. as many people were on YouTube right. back right. then as well, right? It, yeah. it was sort of this new like bizarre world yeah right? it, it really was because i had had a few videos do well before that but nothing that had hit a million views so it, it was really huge for me and uh just started this global conversation about race that i was not prepared for yeah <laughs> at all <laughs> at very very early I, I definitely want to talk about like obviously it's very exciting you know when we first went viral a couple years ago it's like oh my god I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to have to teach again. I'm, yes. I'm done. I will never have yes. to work again. Which is this kind is of great. Like which is so untrue. Which is not true. But it's not, not completely true. But I do think you, you immediately get excited and then you see a couple of trolls and you're like, oh, this is something I was not prepared for because, like, yes, talk to us yeah. about like, because, you know, we, we started getting trolls as like, 30-year-olds. Yeah. So talk to me about like being a, a teenager. And, well, I wasn't a teenager. Well, uh, I was tw I was 29. I was 29. 29. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Well, 12 million at 29 in the early YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was really difficult because for me, I thought I was just making a funny video mm. about my life in South Florida. And the character that I was playing was based on a real person that I knew. And so to me, it wasn't saying like, I hate this girl or she's mean or I think she's a racist. Mm. And people were in the comments that are like, you hate white people, you're the worst. And I will say I'm still someone that like struggles with wanting to have the last word online mm. a lot of times. And mm -hmm. so I was in my comments. I was going back and forth with people all day long. <laughs> um, and as you know, that's a losing battle. Like when people yeah. decide yeah. something about you. But it makes you feel you. a little better though, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I <laughs> We'll try to clarify and then you're like, they don't care about the clarification. No, they don't care. They don't care. You're never going to win. Um, and so it was really hard. But on the flip side of it, I was really like heartened by how many people were like, I live in North Dakota mm. and I'm the only black girl in my town and this is my life. You know, I did not expect that people were going to relate to the video in the way that they did. I mean, look, a decade plus later, people are still talking about it. People yeah. come up to me on the street and mention it and do quote you, it. Do you still hate white people? Oh, my God. <laughs> Here, it's actually very difficult for me to be in this space with you. I actually Here's do. I actually do hate white people. <laughs> There's a lot of. And you're I allowed just, to say that. Yeah, no, I do. I, I think white people as a group, it, they're genocidal maniacs. It's like in our tendency to be genocidal. You said it on me. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. And, as long as you, we then, got you saying it. I think the worst part is that white people, they just love 
touching black people's hair that like has not changed it hasn't it will never change shaving um, my head was an upgrade in many ways that i was not anticipating one being strangers are never touching my head really oh my god when i had locks i would be on the train my hair was very long yes it was i would be on the train and someone would just be like touching my hair and like there's a child here touching my hair or sometimes a grown adult yeah. or like I'd be in a meeting. I can't tell you how many times I would be at work and I would think I was making like a really salient point and my coworker would be like, okay, but your hair. <laughs> like, okay, let's talk about your hair. Exactly. Like, but what about my point, girl? Exactly. I actually... Wait, sorry. Go like this. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> That's... You know what? Don't, don't cut it, Daniel. God damn it, you don't cut it. This Amber, is what black be, women before, do. Before we, started, before we started, Amber was giving me shit that I don't like... Uh, Where is it? Get her. I told Ben I'm gonna get a tattoo on my other hand here of just like a lip print. Yeah, because everywhere I go, it's always like there. Yeah. Oh, I never even knew that trick. Yeah, she just hell me either. She sucks on her her. uh, What is this part of their body? Like a. It's like the webbing. The webbing. webbing? Yeah, the webbing. Our little. This is see we evolved. People, uh, <laughs> have we? Yeah, have we evolved from Actually, reptiles? Don't, don't cut any of this, Daniel. Here's the thing about it. The other, I, I want to say about a couple of months ago, I was at the airport and I was taking Wild to the bathroom with me, and I promise you, uh, a white woman was behind me in line, just twisting her little ringlets. And so now I'm having like with babies, wild, your baby's with wild, with wild, just a little old white lady, you know. And I remember being See, like, this, this is, is where her I'm first like, time. I would cut off her hand. Uh, you would cut off a little old white lady's hand. It, <laughs> it is what it I is. I hate white people. Yeah, but I remember Just thinking kidding. like, this I is, would not do that. That's so true. Like, she's, you know, she's biracial, uh, but it's like, this is where it starts. Like, I, so when, even when people ask like, when's the first time you remember someone touching your hair? I, yeah. I remember thinking to myself like, I'm going to tell Wild, like this happened to you at like 15 months old. Just like, it's like, it's just so pretty and so fun. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't touch my baby. I feel like there's a market for just like black dolls for white people. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, like, who needs a doll when I can have the real thing? <laughs> like, you just like give them black dolls with black hair. It's like twirl this instead. Yeah. It's like stimulating. I don't oh know. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a sense of like ownership of like all things are available for my consumption at all times. Because I don't know if this has been your experience, but there was always this moment of like, if someone started touching my hair that I would have to like delicately tell them not yes. to. Because if you dared to say to someone, I remember I had just curled my locks and they were so cute. And I was at VidCon. You guys remember VidCon? I was at VidCon, I was at a party and this woman was like, can I touch your hair? And I said, I. she was putting her hand out and I said I would rather you not and then she was like well then you shouldn't do all these cool things with it if you don't want she flipped out and we're at like a conference you know like I'm there as talent and I think she was like working with an agency or something and it was this moment of like now I have to like navigate navigate to make you feel better about the fact that you can't keep your hands to yourself let's uh I I want to switch a second because you do you do more like modern stuff we're talking about the videos you made but I did see a recent video where you're talking about walking your dog yes uh and that you were accosted by this man and like you were doing a similar thing of like making sure but one of the comments described it as like women have to do mental jujitsu to make sure that you don't say something and at one point you were were like no I I don't want to hug yes and then then he flipped out yeah he tried this man on the street tried to hug me it's literally the same thing yeah and I was trying to get out of 
the conversation with him because similarly I was like, I don't know this man. I don't want him to know where I live. And, you know, he's obviously like hitting on me and I'm trying to like, uh, you know, navigate this in a way that keeps me safe. And at one point he like reached out to hug me. And as soon as I said, like, please don't touch me, he was like, whatever, baby. And just started yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you, you know. You're the ugliest bitch in the world. Why don't you tell him that? Hello. You're lucky, you're lucky to, I wanted to hug you. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You was like, trying oh. to hit Yeah, like, seconds you, ain't, you ain't even that fine. They love to say you ain't even that fine. You're like, then why were you talking to me? Let's roll yeah. the clip. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was really... It's unfortunate that so many of us have had that similar experience and same with, you know, shit white girls say or that video or any time that I share experiences about my life. My hope is that people feel seen yeah. and they feel affirmed. Like, sure, there's humor in it, but sometimes just knowing like, oh, I'm not going through these experiences in a vacuum and other people mm. are. Because when it happens, it's this moment of like, it's like the office, right? Where you're like, yeah, is anybody right. seeing this happening? And yeah. then there's no one around and you leave the situation thinking like, did I fuck up? Did Is this my fault? But then maybe hearing me or somebody else say like, this is my experience too. It's like very validating. And that's the beautiful thing about the internet. Uh, yes. And reading comments. It's so beautiful. Like people, <laughs> it'll be the most minute thing that you're like, I'm sure I'm the only person in the world that does this thing or thinks that this joke from this 1970s niche documentary is yeah. funny and people are like I love that one I saw that one too yeah. have, have you ever made a video in, in all the years of making content that you're like okay they really didn't get it like the the vast majority of the comments didn't get me or here or is it typically overwhelmingly like at least the 80 to 90 percent like they, I mean they with it. I would say like when things go viral it's usually 50 50 because I'm mm -hmm. sure you've experienced this I think the thing that people love most on the internet is telling you that you're wrong <laughs> about something a little bit so, so you bit. know maybe there's a reference that's incorrect I'm a terrible speller so sometimes there's like typos in <laughs> my course. captions or something like that and people will catch them or um you know I'll get someone's name wrong when I'm talking about a reference or something like that so it definitely happens I will say because I'm very sarcastic and sometimes I can play things really dry for comedic effect sometimes those things don't land and I end up being like oh you think I'm serious you right. think I'm yeah. you don't see that this is a joke um, so that's always really interesting um, but at the same time it's like you know, my mother always says, don't worry if they're talking about you, worry if they stop talking. Come and on. so ultimately, like, if you don't get it, that's fine. You know who I am and you are still a stranger. So you hear yep. <laughs> right. chiming in, even yes. if you don't get you're it, engaging. You don't, you're engaging with the content. And for me, that's still a win. Yeah. Don't you remember feeling like that in the in the early times of making content where I was like, I mean, in the very beginning, mm -hmm. I would be, I, I like comedy and I like sketch. So I saw me and Ben is like, oh, this is kind of like a two-man improv show. Right. You're the straight man and I'm the dramatic character. So in this scene, let me go really big. And people and think it's real. comments being like, what a bitch wife. How dare she? <laughs> You're like, well, I wrote to well, be a bitch. They're not yeah. wrong on that account, but just <laughs> for different reasons. For different reasons. Got it, got it. But the writing of it, I will also say that I think a lot of times people don't realize like you're intentionally making choices. Right. Like yeah. this is a joke. Like this is a bit we set this up yes i edited I this up. Yes. i edited this together i chose which like totally know. even the music i chose here and then i did a sound break they that's no where idea. you laugh that's called a beat 
they have most yeah. people have no idea and i feel like that was really revealed to me during the writer's strike because there were so many times where you know someone from a show would say like i'm on strike for this reason and the comments would be like that show has writers the show is bad it's like yeah everything has writers yes. i know it doesn't doesn't matter if you don't like it but like the person who's introing the segment is reading material yeah. like the actors are not coming up with things off the top of their heads but i also think that that's like a testament to the content being really good yeah. and if it's really like well it done effortless yeah. it feels effortless and i would say like full circle moment that's why everybody thinks they can be an influencer now because uh, the ones who are uh, good talk about that the ones who are good you're like oh Zoom that. I can put a camera. I can just yeah. turn a camera on. It's like, mm -hmm, okay, good luck. You let me know in four or five years after you have there. your viral moment, if you're able to stay consistent, if you're able to transition your content off of social media, if you're able to continue engaging your audience, you know, not be a, a one trick pony. You know, do you want to be eating weird foods your entire life on the internet? <laughs> not me. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to do not. other things. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I what would you say then for the people that do want to make content and start on this path and they do have a POV, what would be the biggest pieces of advice that you would give them? Um, the thing that I always tell everyone is to do your homework first to really like survey the landscape. And that's not just as an influencer. That's if you wanted to start a business or you wanted to pick up a new art form, like learn the rules before you break them. And so that also includes like looking at what other people are doing in this space, like what's working and what's not working. Where can you find um, a lane for yourself where you're like, there's an opportunity to say or show this thing that nobody else is doing. It's really hard for you to, to know that off the top of your head you have to kind of do the legwork first um and then i would say like really hone in on what your why is and again not just for social media like mm. if your dream or your goal is to have millions of followers or make lots of money or um do these things beyond your control so to speak it's going to be hard for you to stay motivated because there's no guarantee that you're going to go viral or get millions of followers or um you know make billions of dollars but if your why is telling untold stories, connecting with black audiences, you know, making people feel seen, whatever it might be. Those are things that you can control and hold on to. And I think as artists, that's really, really important because it's a long journey. <laughs> you have to have mm, so long. much perseverance and like a dash of Delulu in order to keep going. A splash of Delulu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really need it. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. They start and they're like, I've been making content for a month and I'm not viral yet. <laughs> yes, it's like, y'all yeah. not sharing my or, stuff. Or they get that one viral video. I think TikTok has made people a little bit even more delusional. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Because you you will make a single viral video. Yeah. And you think, oh, I should be making all viral videos. And then, then you blame it on you know, whatever on, on TikTok. I've you been shadow bad. No, no been shadow. your content's just bad. Yeah, you're just not funny. You're not talented. Yeah. 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 I definitely lucky? cried I've been shadow banned before. You have. And I'm like, oh my God, just. You're right about TikTok, like um, feeding into that delusion because, you know, it's Andy Warhol who famously said in the future, everyone will have 15 minutes of fame. Mm. And it's so wild that we are yeah. in that moment right now that, that every single person can say like one time I posted this thing on TikTok and it blew up yeah um and then the reality is is like you've captured lightning in a bottle yep trying to recreate that over and over again is a lot harder than people assume it is and it's a little bit of luck 
on top of consistency and good good content and really kind of striking a chord with people in a way that feels like surprising, but mm. also something that people want to share with other people for better or for worse. Maybe you're sharing because you hate it or you're sharing because you love it, but something in the content has to compel people in that way. Otherwise, it's never going to take off. Yeah, That's really been a through line for your content because the content that does stand the test of time is the content that does have like, what's the why, who, who is my audience? How have I been consistently engaging with my audience? Because there are things that even like viral YouTube videos that I loved as a kid, I'll go back and watch. I'm like, this is not hidden the same because, because <laughs> it was that lightning in a yeah. bottle. It was that random thing. And I talk to creators all the time. They're like, well, I never get brand deals and what's going on. And I'm like, well, girl, your whole page is like Baltimore hood fights. Right. And I reposted it. And, I, and, I, and I'm watching them. They yes. are funny. Yes. But like, what would you sell in this way? Or it, it, it's weird trying to teach people like you kind of have to be a little bit marketable. But before that, you also just have to have a story yeah. in general to tell. And you just have to have an authentic voice. Yeah. I think, again, that's why I tell people to do their homework, because ultimately, like there's nothing new under the sun. But you need to find your unique lane. And to your point about like being able to be influenced or or be cohesively working with brands like your voice has to shine through the brand has to say like oh I know exactly who she is she's a mom she's a comedian like she's married you know they're doing hijinks whatever this makes sense that we're gonna you know do a mop brand deal or whatever versus if you're doing hood fights again Baltimore no 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 shade to doing hood fights like who is your audience like who are the brands that are gonna wanna align with that I don't know I mean maybe like sweat towel like, you know, like, <laughs> you better pitch it. Deodorant better, or something. You the, the NRA. The NRA. They have, a, they have a lot of money. No, it was like fist hood fights. Yeah, not um, like, not like hood shooting. Hood fights are typically with fists. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I think hood fights is a great segue to our next segment. Imperfect parent. Imperfect Uh, Francesca, you are child free. Yes, I am. Francesca. Well, you have a dog. <laughs> I do have a no, dog. No, yes, you are not child free. You yes. have a dog. My son. Dogs you are, are uh, human child free. Yes. Uh, so we would like to talk about Speciesism. you as a human child. Yes. Ben, do you have something you would like to share nope. with us? <laughs> Go on, get it out. I just, I feel like you're a species. I feel like you just have to have something to say. You've come because, up against snakes. You know, you're the white dude here. So you have to find something I have to say. Well, I'm in a minority in this situation. Yeah. How does right. it feel? Yes. Tell us about your plight. Oh, it's so hard being around two beautiful, wonderful oh, black yes, creatives. Yes. Yeah, you you better turn it. Throw the compliments in there. I know. Uh, I love you. Uh, but I do want to hear about um, a young, talented right. Like. I, I love thinking about you like in your room with a crayon writing a script yes. or something with the Mo- with the Moesha theme music in yeah, the background. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, also, I don't think we've clarified that you went from like in like social media to traditional media. Yes. Like you were a writer on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the nightly show, yes. right? And then you also were you were you on Broad City? I saw I was you on were on Broad, Broad City. City. I was on like, one episode of Broad City. So like you, you hey, they ain't got to know. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, are, you sorry. were on Multiple. Broad City. No, 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 you were on Broad City. Like you've done. So you went from 
Yeah, and I think that's such a, I mean, a lot of, so many people want to do that. So yeah. many influencers are like, I want to be off social media. It's like, once they're famous on social media, because we're humans, we're not, <laughs> we're never satisfied. So you sort of have this nice range. I, mm-hmm. I think for context sake, of I think course, that would be, you. and then M, and then MTV Decoded yeah. is mm-hmm. like an online series, mm-hmm. right? So like you've done, okay, I just, yeah, for no, context, yeah. Yes, yeah. Francesca. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Bring just I just want to show yes. that I've um, done my research. Okay. Uh, right. He got the Google Doc. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, I listened to a bunch of episodes on Let Me Fix It, which yeah. is a great podcast Thank that you'll you. plug later. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what was little you uh, riding with a crown? And, and <laughs> Well, I'm an only child, yeah. um, like Wild, and I really feel like being an only child really shaped my path as an artist and a creative because while my parents were middle class, I don't think a lot of the opportunities that I was able to pursue, I would have been able to do if I had had siblings, mm. like going to acting camp and art mm. camp and computer camp. I loved camp, um, playing <laughs> piano and doing dance and just doing things. Anytime I was interested in something, I'm so fortunate that my parents said, okay, you want to try it? Like, let's yeah. go for it. And the only bar really was just do the best that you can do. My you parents have, you have great parents. Yeah, oh my god. I, I genuinely feel so lucky. Are and you, I, you still connected with them? Yeah, and, my yeah. mom and I are super close. Um, and so I realized honestly, it wasn't until adulthood, like when I got to acting school, realizing how many of my peers were like, My parents hate that I'm in acting school, or oh, like, my parents want me to be a doctor, or they're always on my ass because my grades aren't great, or whatever it might be. And for me, my parents were just like, if I wasn't doing well in school, my mom was always like, now is this the best you could do? It wasn't like, you have to bring home straight A's. Yeah. She was just like, I know you could do better this than a C. What did, what did your yeah. mom do? What was My mom worked for the school board. Okay. Um, she... So she sense. was involved in education. Yes. So yeah. She, she knows that HR best. She knew, she had, she knew she kids. Yeah. yeah. But I think also just when parents have educational background, yeah. right, we understand what motivates where I, I know so many parents who who talk to their kids because I was a teacher for 10 years mm-hmm. in a way that was not healthy and not yeah. inspiring. So like, yeah, I, was I mean, listen, figuring. I will say like for all of the things that you can say about TikTok, one thing that I really appreciate is being able to hear from people of all different backgrounds. And so many teachers are on TikTok yep. talking about how they need parents to step up for their kids. Yep. And that was really eye opening for me, just a, you know, a symptom of the privilege that I had that I've always had parents who were like, hey, the Nutcracker is in town. Let's go to see yeah. it. Hey, there's a book fair. We're going to go to it. Let's go to the museum together. And like, we're always very, um, my dad has always loved music and so like when I was a baby he would put um, like a tape cassette inside the laundry basket and sit me inside the laundry basket while he was doing laundry and have like music playing through the laundry basket for me and he credits that as being why I'm musical you play the ukulele right <laughs> I play I see. the ukulele yeah. but I also played piano um, and I studied musical theater and did voice and I, I thought I was going to be a musician for a minute and my my parents but especially my dad have always been like really pushing me to yeah. be interested in music and and nurturing that and I, I genuinely think that if I'd had siblings I think they would have figured it out but they were always able to say like 
Francesca really wants to go to this camp this summer, so I guess I guess we go into this camp. It's it's almost like your parents raised you to be a content <laughs> creator, right? Like all these things, like like you're like you're not helping all, my bid. I want a second child. Oh, today. you do? Yeah. yeah oh wow, I didn't know. Third. And I'm oh, like I'm like really? eh. a second. Yes, because so you're not for so. actually all the reasons you say because yeah. I, as a parent, well. Okay, I do take a while to like museums, mm-hmm. music yeah, class. Do. I literally was just like, oh, there's a Nutcracker, Bob Baker, Marionette Theater edition that's coming out, and I want to take a while to that. Yeah. And like all these things do cost money because you're in LA. Some of the things don't cost money. Right. Yeah. Like um, hanging out in your living room, that doesn't cost money. You could do that with your baby in LA, but most yeah. of these things cost money. So I'm always like, yeah, let's just let's get a little bit more wealth before we have another kid. So we do have these conversations very similarly. Yeah. But I'm thinking when you raise a kid like that, you do all you basically do everything that you were raised in your content creation. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, it's so true. Like I I really use all of my creative passions and talents throughout my work. And that's something that I, I was never anticipated my undergrad degree I first went to acting school and then left acting school and got my degree (laughs) well I mean I loved I loved acting school but the practical part of me was like how am I going to pay my bills (laughs) I was like (laughs) (laughs) so my degrees in graphic design for the man and like betrayal honestly like when I think back to it it's surprising to me that I was in college and I was thinking like I have to make money that like, I don't want to wait tables. very mature I'm yeah. very clumsy I will be dropping food everywhere that's not my story um <laughs> you're like I would have been waiting tables and going to auditions you I, knew that's, that. that's that's like the hustle yeah that's the hustle yeah. like and that's what they tell you in acting school they're like yeah. you're gonna move to New York and you're gonna be auditioning and you're gonna your day job is gonna probably be like working in a bar or waiting tables because you need to be flexible in order mm. to audition and for me, because I was out of state and I took out all these loans, I was like, this is not going to cut it for me. Yeah. And I got a job working um, in the school public health, like uploading files to their website. Yeah, I had yeah. like a little web background. I was like, I think this could could be my job. So I studied graphic design. And while I'm not a graphic designer today, like you, my you home is it to differ. Yeah, you sort of use <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In the home design, yeah. like clothing design, like. Graphic design perfectly pairs well with uh, content creation. Yeah, social but media I had no idea. But I yes. had no idea. And like, yeah. YouTube came out while I was in college, and I remember making YouTube videos, and my classmates and my teachers being like, "Why are you doing this?" And I was like, "I don't know. That's it's hilarious. Fun. It's fun. They That's didn't so get it. Funny. Now. They don't. They, the idea, I, like, the when audacity. people don't have vision, Mm-mm. like you're like, no, you're you gotta stick with me here. This is gonna be something. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, to be fair, I didn't know it was gonna be something. I just thought it was fun. And I yeah. missed performing, and I was I was doing a little bit of stand up here and there, um, but my work schedule, my school schedule, was such that I couldn't do the late nights. And so for me, like making videos was like a fun compromise. Yeah. I wasn't making any money from it. Um, I didn't know that I would get an agent or anything. It was just a, a creative pursuit. But to your point, I was using my graphic design skills 100%. and my skills as a producer. You know, so yeah. now I'm a producer, and I'm you know when it comes to decoded, I made like a Pinterest board of what I wanted the set to look like. And I was pulling. 
stealing color swatches to make sure that like from the thumbnail to the costumes Ugh. to like everything. Music to my ears. Everything. Yes. Color you know, swatches. We love a You color sent me your outfit today. Yes. And I was like, got it. Purples, blues, yes. silvers. Like yes. I love all of like the cohesiveness. And one of my favorite things is when people DM me or text me and they're like, oh, I saw this dress on the street. This is such a Fran dress. And I'm like, the yes. brand is strong. The brand they know. is branding. The, the girls know. You see yes. a, a bold print. You see a shape she loves a shape she loves a shape she loves a, a mix, glitter a little glitter a little glitter pop, is my favorite color, color. Yes. yes i so all of those things really speak to me you don't get it ben you just <laughs> don't like, get it why are they yelling <laughs> like, yeah yeah like i know i'm sure i'm in the corner ben, cheering like, this is but our your colors, colors today but your color scheme is matching yes now why do we think but that, that was is you Rachel? that was you and creative director taylor shout on. out to taylor <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, Taylor, yeah. We are yes, creative directors. I love that. Uh, I have a great, now I know how to raise wild appropriately after this. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I think it's just a matter of whether your kid is artistic or um, sports inclined or mathematically inclined or whatever. It's just like, um, it sounds so basic, but just like listening to your kid. And, and I realize that unfortunately so many people don't do that. They say, no, they don't. you don't have a choice. Yeah. Everybody in this family is a doctor. You are going to be a doctor. And like, okay, maybe you end up raising a doctor, but is that somebody who like really wants to do that? Are they going to spend their whole life unhappy? Like if you cut and open my stomach, I want you to enjoy it. Please. (laughs) Not like begrudgingly, like I wish I was an artist. Yeah, exactly. Like I should be on stage somewhere. Um, And so I think just like giving yourself and, you know, your kid permission. You're like cutting open the stomach. You should enjoy it. I was just like, like sexually, like, like. I, there's a film. No. There's a new. There's a new Cronenberg film called uh, Crimes of the Future that came out, and okay. there's a line in there where a character says, "Surgery is the new sex." Oh no! And basically, like these people, <laughs> these people the perform now. surgery. Mm-hmm. And then they like watch it, like they're watching like oh, no. um, a live sex no, show. No, I just mean if you. <laughs> I, no, but so I, I had that image in my head. Sorry, so I need to clarify. <laughs> to I was like, brain, you should, everybody. You should enjoy. And I was like, I guess like the the scalpel is the yeah the phallic symbol, and then the peeling. And the, uh, anyway, sorry. Well, here's the thing: there are all sorts of professions that don't speak to me. But there are other people that are like, I love doing this. I enjoy. Like, doing, I yeah. enjoy. Yes. I wake up yes. every day and I'm excited to like, you know, be an electrician and yeah. help someone who's having a circuit breaker problem or whatever it might be. I don't. I don't. I just made that up. I don't a know. Circuit breaker problem. Honestly, right. we just. Ha- I, a- you know, it is a, the fuses have to be changed inside the circuit breaker. And they're inside they're expensive. there, and they're like, I'm getting my whole life doing doing this, this and right? I, the, just and the I, problem solving. Yeah. And that's what I it should. That. I can see that. And that's what it should be. And I think you know, maybe if you think, okay, I want my kid to be X, Y, and Z, maybe just giving them the freedom to see other things out there might end up leading them back. Because the reality is you can say, this is the thing I really want to do. And then when you start doing it, it doesn't really speak to you. It's not really. Let me just try it. Just trying it. I I also love like when, I think something that frustrates parents is when their kid wants to be something like a little bit more fantastical. Mm -hmm. And even today I'm like, no, they actually can be a witch. Like if you (laughs) like from tarot readings Mm -hmm. to like playing a witch in a show, like, like there's nothing now. Like if a kid made a poster and was like, I want to be a ninja when I grow up. It's like, okay, there is a show called American Ninja Warrior and there's kids CrossFit gyms. Like there's literally a pipeline to every single thing, except for, you know, 
the the videos that you see online where this like little white girls like I want to be a black woman please and you're like no I mean Rachel well, you, could, you, could you could create an avatar <laughs> you could play a video game starring a black character and that's you could live out that fantasy that way or again I am pushing these little black baby dolls that I'm going to start selling <laughs> you can buy one of these produced yeah, but, by me there has a new line of black baby dolls coming out uh, at, the, at, the, at, the time, at the middle of next year what the fuck that's so <laughs> fucked up and stupid that's very bad <laughs> The next segment of our show is called the I do's and don'ts of relationships. I do, I do. I do, I do. I do, I do. I do, I do. Okay. Uh, yes. So this is your reminder that we do have the Fly on the Wallin advice hotline that we want y'all to utilize. And we have two great voicemails from that hotline today. If you don't know, remember, yes. the number is 1-833-FOTW-311. And it's like 911, always open. <laughs> yes, it is. I ha- I'm trying to find a joke. Maybe Francesca can help me with the joke. It's always open. It's like the hotline is like sex with me is like a hotline. It's, I, I don't know. All right, we'll we'll move on. Uh, She's until a stand-up comedian, I, folks. I, I know, right? My my improv is a little rusty. I was like, "What's always open? Legs? What's always open? okay?" Um, but I'm very excited because I'm gonna play both of these voicemails. But I have a little funny surprise Ooh. after you answer one of these voicemails. Ooh. So let's do them. Here is the first one. Hello, I'm calling to get some relationship advice. I have been married for 35 years, and my husband has gotten to the point where he has become a couch potato. Um, I extend several invitations to him to go places with me that are fun, and he chooses not to go. Should I feel some type of way about that? Or should I just allow him to be himself a recluse couch potato that watches Family Feud, The Puzzler every night, same station, same time? Should I just be content with this and carry on with my life? Or should I give him an ultimatum? to at least make an effort to go uh, with me to some of the events. So we have a question. Yeah. We would like to hear from you. Yeah. And feel free to tell us as much or as little about dating and anything you want to say. Well, I'm really in a place of like accepting people for who they are for better or for worse. And I think that includes your partner. And I don't think you can force someone to do something that they don't want to do. I would say maybe make an effort to like meet your partner where they're at. Like instead of inviting him to things, like ask him what are things that he wants to do. And I think, you know, as much as it's nice to have shared activities that you can do with your partner, if your partner doesn't want to go to the museum or do whatever those things are, like building community and finding the friends that want to do that, I think is really important. I don't, I'm of the mind that ultimatums don't work. Yeah. um, Because like, 
at the end of the day, you have to want to do something. And I think maybe if you can express to him, like, I really like spending time together and I want us to do more of that outside of the house. And like, here's some ways that we can spend time that I'm looking forward to versus you need to do this because like that doesn't really motivate people to do things. Yeah. I feel like ultimatums always engender, even if it gets the person to do it, always engenders bitterness. Yeah. And and, yeah. Resentment. Also, engenders is a great word. Thank you for using it. Did I say engenders? You said in, in genders. Yeah. Engenders. Oh, I thought I said in, I said in gender, but I might have said in ginger. Well, I liked both versions. <laughs> in gingers and in genders. In genders. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but even in gen, like, I, it's just, sorry. Sorry to it's like. It's a good word. No, no. I'm a word I, person. I love words. I'm I a, do. I'm a, except Amber and I were getting into an argument because I do like to swear a lot. She's like, don't you read? I read like two books a week. She's like, don't you read a lot of books? And I'm like, there's a lot of swearing in my books. Again, you've been given no context, Francesca. You're reading filth. Yeah, I'm like, swearing in front of our one in front of the old. baby yeah, yeah. who is now picking up language. She's like, Fuck, bitch. And I'm just like, and, and I know who she got that from. They're because great ben words. Will stub his toe and have to say every oh, word. Yeah. Um. But back to the question. And back to the. question. You answered that so beautifully and yeah. so poised. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited because I kind of set you up a little bit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She. I did set you up a little bit, but you, okay. you passed with flying. Colors. Oh, good. Okay. Good. Uh, so we had tons of voicemails in the queue. That one just so happened to be for my mom. Oh, wow. Fun? So she's talking about my father. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, look. I was I, like, Mom, the hotline where she's like, well, I have a real inquiry. I need you to answer. I was like, submit it through. Oh yeah, my we're God. like, we can't answer this seriously. I I'm, was glad like, you, I'm not going to even answer Because it. I'm going to be like, Dad, get the fuck up. Go get, get up and take my mother on a date. She pushed out your three kids. But I, I needed you I, yeah. to have no context. That's a great, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, and, and the thing is, is like maybe the things that she's suggesting Adjusting are things that he doesn't want to do but like when yeah. you give him space to say like what is the thing that like mm-hmm. you really want to do maybe he wants to like I don't know freaking play paintball or something yeah. it's something yeah. that your mom just hasn't suggested and she doesn't know that it's something that he's actually interested in we um, didn't we didn't have to pull his leg at all to take him to the Lakers game right right he well, my mom you also said he didn't want to go you said that he, he didn't, didn't want to take off work. Remember? He didn't want to come to L.A. Yes, but, but, he didn't but want to I take think off once work. we got to L.A., he was like, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And to be fair, my mom moves a lot. Like she yeah. was literally in like St. Croix like two days ago. And she's like, I think I'm going to go to St. Thomas in a week. And I'm like, OK, my, like she yeah. she likes to travel. She likes to do fun things. Um, but she's he does. Girl. I definitely think that he can make an effort if she said like, hey, you need to go to two events a month with me. Like, yeah. What I, I like the part about it being something that interests him because I yeah. think that is a little bit of what they're missing. That's but I'm just so yeah. I'm, I'm so excited that you did it. Like I, he likes if family you, if you food. Maybe he does a live, a li- live taping, taping of yeah. family food. Oh, he would be obsessed. Like you know what I mean? If if that's what he's interested in, like meet him where he's at. What are the things that he's yeah. watching? Is there you know they all often have like those special. Um, uh, traveling shows for yeah. like cars yeah. or Comic Con or whatever. He likes stuff like that. Is, he is doesn't some, like to walk around. Or like a lab. Family yes. Feud theme bar. He would he fucking would eat. Or, a trivi- love a or maybe like a trivia, a trivia night yeah. at a at a local restaurant. Like, what are the yeah. things he's interested in, and how can you infuse the things that you're interested in so that you can do them together? Or you know, if it's maybe he doesn't want to go places, do a trivia game night at home and like yeah. turn it into an event. Like, let's get dressed up and he maybe there's like. 
play games. around yeah. the house or something. You know what I mean? Like do something <laughs> that's like fun and um, just down for the game. <laughs> I yes. just love. I, I this is the thing. I uh, the producer brain in me is just so strong. Like I just love, and I think it's maybe the graphic designer too. Like I just love problem solving, and yeah. I love. Um, being of service and I like when someone says like I need help with something and I'm able to like offer mm. them things like yeah. I just like I feel really good about that and so I think it's so cute that your mom called to support the show so you're like yeah. I can't be yeah. inquiry yeah but very because she could easily be like hey Amberman just so y'all know here are my notes <laughs> and I also think it's really cute that she didn't be like dude leave this dude because I would have no. been like oh <laughs> I should probably no. tell her <laughs> no I mean I don't think I, this is not that this isn't like a serious thing and she has yeah. like valid feelings about it, but I don't think this is like a deal breaker. <laughs> I mean, not. I would say like if you're not able to find stuff to do together, like get your girlfriends and y'all go to yeah. the shows together and do all those things. Like you can still be a good partner and not necessarily have all the same common interests. I think yeah. it's again, it's like meeting people where they're at. And sometimes you just realize like my partner doesn't like these things. I have certain friends that don't like certain things and I'm not going to try and fit a square peg into a round hole. Like that's just not who you are. And like, yeah. that's okay. I love that. We love different things. Cause then I'm like, I know Ben hates reality TV. Oh yeah. So I don't have that's to the quickest deal way with for her to yeah. clear me out of the room. Yeah. yeah. He will, he will see it on and, and, and exit. I, so I, I'm like a, I'm like a drunken dad at like a Cowboys game. Like when okay. reality TV comes on, I just start yelling at the screen. <laughs> yeah. Because they make me so angry. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not a reality I'm person like, either. I don't understand how people develop it. these relationships. It makes me mad. I'm like, this is, we are devolving. This is like the worst part of human traits. Anyway. Yeah. But you need those people because those people kind of like watch us yeah. for the same reasons. It's like yeah. produced and it's like, I feel Maybe. like I'm in the home. And but I also a think heightened. that's like every art form, right? Yeah. I'm sure like when talking pictures first came out, they're like, talkies, who needs to talk? You're like, I need a silent movie. <laughs> Things, that's how they that's how they talk back then. They're that's like, exactly. I need a silent yeah. film. The world is going to that, shit. That is or like, like the YouTube. You're like, why are you making videos on yeah. YouTube? You're like, yeah, wait for it. It's just, it's every time there's something new, there's going to be somebody who's yeah. like, I don't get this thing. I, I Okay, yes. Yes, I will. Yes. <laughs> You'll concede. I'll concede. All right, we go. have one more question here. I promise this is and not from And you love giving advice, mother. so yes, this is perfect. Yes, I'm ready. This is not from a family member of mine. This okay. is a different question. Okay, this one's actually a friendship question because okay. we do like to do romantic, work relationships, yeah. all things. Friendship question coming in hot. Hey, I'm a 24-year-old black woman living in the DMV area. I go by she, her, hers pronouns, and I'm calling to get some advice on a friend group, the church friend group. Recently, singer-songwriter Little Nas X expressed that he was entering his Christian music era. Along with releasing a snippet of a song he's writing, this information made it into the Instagram group chat. People began questioning the post, saying, this is not on my bingo card this year, and God is working on him. Now, I'm someone who would identify as bisexual or somewhere around there. I currently have a boyfriend who obviously knows, but I've never told this specific friend group that I'm bisexual in the fear of how they would react and basically how they're reacting to Little Nas X. I did speak up in the group chat saying like, what's wrong with this? And I was met that his answer was mockery and he knows what he's, do he's doing. We know that, you know, along with Doja Cat with Paint the Town Red and Sam Smith with Holy, Little Nas X has made some questionable music and creative choices in his imagery and his music videos. Essentially, I'm asking for advice on how to maintain friendships with homophobic people. Ooh. 
initial thoughts? Okay, my first thought is I don't think you should have important conversations via text ever. I think if if it's an important conversation, especially if it's a relationship that's important to you, it should always be in person or over the phone or over FaceTime. I think text is just way too open to interpretation. Um, I also think one of the hardest parts of growing up is realizing that certain friends are only meant for a season. And I think a lot of times people mistake longevity for or quantity for quality like I've known these people for 20 15 however many years and it's like okay but if those 20 years have not been great or if the last five years have made you feel like shit like those are not people that you should hold on to Mm -hmm. and I think that that's really hard for people to hear I would not want to continue to have any sort of relationship romantic professional or platonic with someone who does not value my my personhood and if these are people that are homophobic then yeah they they might not be the people who are right to continue to maintain a friendship with that said I think there's there is value in like showing your full self to them if you feel like you can do that safely and again I wouldn't do it in a group chat I would say like is there a space for us to talk about this you know like hey I'd really like to talk to you about some of the things that you said about little Nas X because it made me feel uncomfortable and like you were judging him and you know I want to share with you that I'm queer or you know maybe you're not in a space to share that but you can say like I really think that queer people deserve the same like healthy and fulfilled lives that everyone does and especially as a as a a person who's following God's word we're supposed to be loving everybody right, right? Mm-hmm. like we're not supposed Flip to be mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be like passing judgment on on other folks And so, again, it's hard, but I also think that like, man, I'm saying a lot of contradictory stuff here. It's it's not necessarily your job to educate people. And like if you don't feel like you can take that on, it's okay to let certain relationships like change. It doesn't mean that you like hate them or love them any less, but like your best friends from childhood or your best friends from church cannot be your best friends forever. And that's okay. You're only 24 years old. (laughs) You have time to meet all sorts of new people who like accept and love you for who you are. Those friend group chats can get so like when we're all on the same page, they're super fun. Right. And then when we're beefing, it's like, like I know these two friends are probably going to text each other on the side. And then I'm going to text my good friend from the group on the side. And then, you go on the next trip and you're like, what's this tension we're all feeling? Yeah. Um, it's so funny when you watch like yeah. old Star Trek episodes, because I have to relate everything back to Star Trek. Of course. <laughs> like, they never texted. You know, the future was we're all going to do video chats. Yeah. Right. And and when you read sort of, you know, 1970s, 1960s science fiction, they're always like, and we had a quick, you know, FaceTime call because you can see people's facial expression. Mm-hmm. You can hear their tone. But now no one would have ever predicted that we were we would just send messages because that would be going back to the Morse code in a lot of way like you know and it's funny how that has just shifted that now we communicate yeah we're just it's just baffling to me that we do have serious conversations yeah and at the end of the day like first I was like where are you going with this no it's it's really true because I always watch like the twilight zone and things like that and they'll be like it's the year 2023 and like we should be able to freaking um uh 
jump time and we should be able to like, you know, move our bodies across the world and like push a button and, you know, teleport. But yep. instead we're texting. Yeah. Um, We've reverted back. Yeah. Yeah. Because we like the, uh, like going back to our internet conversation, we like the, the, the nameless, faceless troll. Like it's so much easier to be like, let me just like share my aggression I and, and have the anonymity yeah. of it all. And in a way, texting can kind of do that. Like yeah. I can kind of like, you're like, oh, let me text about like, LOL. Like I can pretend like I'm laughing at it or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's it, it doesn't require as much um, maturity or, or, or like stepping out of your comfort zone to text something. Because to your point about like, you know, FaceTime and video, body language and tone and being able to look in someone's mm. eyes, especially if it's someone that you really care about and be vulnerable is really, really hard. But yeah. to be able to just like fire off a meme or an emoji or to just, you know, say something passive aggressively or just say something completely different from how you feel versus if we're in person, I can get a yeah. read for you and I can yeah. say, well, something else is going on there. How do you really feel? Why is the little Nas X joke that I made getting under your skin mm -hmm. versus over text? Yeah. I don't know how you actually feel about it. Um, I always think of like uh, this. There's this term, Greek word, uh, miseo. Mm. Uh, it's like deep, deep, intense hatred. And so um, I always think about homophobia. There's like, I feel like there's levels of homophobia, right? Sure. And you mentioned like you don't want to be around homophobic people. But I'm like, okay, if they're a little homophobic and they're not homo miseo, which is like a term I, I think I coined. But it's like <laughs> hatred, like all yeah. eventually all, all homophobia leads to homomiseo, which is like deep rooted hatred, which stems from fear. But there are certain homophobic groups who are just they're scared because they don't understand in the yeah. same way. I, I would consider it in the same way that my one and a half year old is scared of doing something or she's scared of like uh, a person dressed up in a costume. Yeah. Right. It's like you literally have this looks alien to you. It's different than everything. And those kinds of people you can actually address. So I think for this person, I think sort of gauge like what level is their homophobia? Is it something that is addressed mm -hmm. has it turned into homo maceo where they're saying vitriolic hatred yeah. um hateful kinds of things and i think because i think everybody like I, I i always go back and forth like you said like we don't owe like we don't owe certain people but i'm like then who does you know what i yeah. mean it's like something i think about a lot because yeah, I, I do mean, have homophobic people in my life and that and but i i say my my homophobic people just for a very specific group of people yeah. and I can't like most of the people like in my family. life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, mo yeah. yeah. And when, <laughs> like, I, when I say like you don't owe anyone education, I mean, at the, ultimately like, yes, people have to learn and grow, but I don't necessarily think that it's like the job of oppressed people to yeah. teach people to like validate them and see them as whole humans. I think like in this instance, Yes, absolutely. Like talking to your friends could maybe expand their minds mm. like because especially because they do have a relationship with you. And maybe if they don't know any queer people and they have a very specific, narrow viewpoint of what being queer is, maybe realizing that you're queer might be opening their eyes. Right. At the mm. same time, I think that it's like straight people's job to check other the, straight people. The of course. The allies. Yeah, of it, course. It, it, it's, it's, it's your job because at the end of the day, there are a certain subset of people that are never going to be able to mm. receive the information 
admiration for someone that they yeah. uh, inherently believe are as less than, even if they don't mm. like have it maliciously. They're like, well, the Bible tells me this about these people. And so you're going to say, you know, that this is OK because you're a deviant versus if somebody that they really trust and looks like them and has had a similar experience, they might be a little more receptive to for being sure. like, oh, OK, wait, yeah. you're making me on the personal level. Yeah. On the per- yeah. On the personal level. And so, again, like when I say you don't owe anyone education, I only say that because when we're talking about like issues of identity and things that are, you know, life and death. I'm from South Florida. We have the don't say gay bill. If you are a teacher and they find out that you're queer, you can lose your job. Right. If you uh, go into a bathroom and someone thinks that you are not going into the, the right gendered bathroom, they can call the police on you. So like when you're talking about these things, it can be really painful mm. to say to somebody like see me as a human. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you're essentially having to like bear your soul and like expose your trauma and like explain to somebody like you're a human human deserving of all the same rights and I'm of the mind that's like you don't have to do that work yeah. like right. you're allowed to say like you that know what that is a lot of work I'm a peace out yeah that's yeah. a lot of work I'm leaving <laughs> well there's also going back exposure. to your point about just calling and talking there's also a potential world and again I'm not like you know your friends better than I do listener caller but there's also a world where you hop on the phone and people are like one person in the group maybe is like I'm not homophobic. This song is just bad or or whatever. (laughs) I haven't listened to the song. Right. But I definitely remember like sometimes I'm feeling, I'm like, just because this is not a bop to me doesn't mean I'm homophobic. Yeah. Now, if they are definitely saying like, well, why would he be kissing a man on stage? Like you got your answer. Right. But sometimes it's, I, 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 I think if we like really listen to like what the friend, it's like, you know what? I am not a fan of when a, when a artist is constantly changing who they are. Right. And that's why I didn't mess with the song, whether it was Christian or satanic or whatever. Or Taylor Swift. And I, like, or just doing things for shock value, which, <laughs> yeah. is, which yeah. is something which is something that yeah. kind of does exactly. control a little bit. I, so you can yeah. never know. You I can think never you tell. make a really good point there that like, while what you what the listener shared in the group chat like might have pinged something for her like right. at face value i wouldn't have automatically read that as homophobic right i would have just thought Agreed. you know yeah. maybe they're thinking he's using christian imagery in a way that doesn't sit right with my spirit i feel like a sacrilegious i feel like is disrespectful mm. yeah. again you know your friends better than we do of course but that's when talking to somebody matters because face to face when you've got text you're reading into it you're adding um my my best friend delon and i have been saying you're knitting a sweater you know you've got this thing and then you're like oh it's it's all in here it is i I love a i had a philosophy professor i've said this to amber before where he's like i never stole i never said i stole the money and if you put the emphasis on every single different word, it's it means something. Sentence. Yeah. So I never said you you stole the money. I never said you stole the money. I never said you stole the money. I never said you stole the money. Right. right. Every single implication. I never implied. said you stole the. Yeah. Doesn't the. really make sense, but <laughs> I tried it. It is the. a different version. It's a yeah. different yeah. sentence. Yeah, it's a different sentence. Uh, but like literally the same exact sentence has a different meaning every time you say yes. it. Right. Like I implies someone else never did it. Right. Right. Um, I never implies that it did not at face value. I never said it means yeah. that you implied it. Yeah. And then I never said the money implies that you stole something else. So 
Because I could definitely see myself in the chat saying something like, I felt similarly when Miley Cyrus is changing her outfit every week or, yeah. or yeah. whatever. And but I mean, I'm well, this sure is a there church. Are, this is the church friend. This group. is the church friend. The church friend group, so, yeah, we, which we can, implies we can assume you know, ill will sometimes. It's but, not the Episcopal church friend group because the Episcopalians love the gays. <laughs> All of them. Well, I will I also Episcopalians. Yeah, oh, for the most part, that's great. Not the Anglicans. We don't fuck with them. We don't fuck with them. I'll okay. also add that like part of adulthood kind of related back to like the question from your mom about like accepting people for who they are. It's like if these are friends that you want to keep as friends and you know that there are certain things that you guys do not align with. Personally, those are not people that I would be friends with. Yeah. But if you know like there are just certain things I cannot talk to this friend about, then like you have to move in that way moving forward. Yeah. Like you maybe don't participate in certain conversations. You don't send them certain videos. When certain things are happening in your life and you need advice, those are not the people that you go to. Yeah. That's who you go to the revival with. Yes. You know, that's who, you know, you. I need to borrow a tambourine or whatever. <laughs> Y'all do. Christians do. I never lent like, my uh, tambourine. Girl, I ran out of holy water. You got some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You need a, a you know a statement hat yeah. to borrow. <laughs> That's who you go to. But when you want to turn up, you know, and yes. when you want to get your entire life to the Which new, I'm sure they're doing all of that as well. They might be. <laughs> they, they probably are doing all they, of that. They what might is? absolutely be. But if they are getting, you know, their stockings in a twist over Little Nas X, <laughs> and again, I don't know what you're really relationship was with them but they might still be people that you really want to keep in your life and you're not ready to let go of um you have to accept some of those things like yeah. you're some people you're not going to um be able to make meaningful gains of like here's what's really important to me and here's how i feel about this you're not gonna so, make meaningful games games <laughs> okay i'm done i'm done i'm you know, done i'm, I'm like, sorry say what you're talking about i'm sorry for Jessica. i interrupted you <laughs> That was beautiful. Oh, thank I, you. <laughs> in our last segment of the show, our last segment of the show is called Shelfie. I'll do the... Ooh, oh, that's oh, hey. It's not me singing it, hey, it's somebody else. Oh, yeah, you know. We know we can do a little note. Um, friends fail us time and time again, and when there's not friends, there's books. So, Francesca, why don't you tell us what you're reading right now, what's on your shelf, or what you're about to start reading, yeah. and... You, you take it from there. Okay, should I should I show my please, yeah, please show, bring her out. show off. I love should a good I, I love a good out. book cover. Yay. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I am slowly reading Burn It Down by Maureen Ryan. She's Mo Ryan on Twitter. We've been Twitter mutuals for years, and she is an investigative journalist who works in film and TV. And she spent about like five or six years working on this book and doing interviews with different writers and producers and directors in Hollywood, exposing some of the underbelly of things that go on in this industry. The subtitle is Power, Complicity, and the Call for Change in Hollywood. And I will say it's a tough read because every uh, chapter is about a different TV show or a different um, power player. Like there's a whole uh, chapter about Scott Rudin who's a really high profile producer who was really abusive to everyone that he worked with, like throwing mm. ashtrays at assistants, not letting people go to the bathroom on set, just like treating people like absolute shit. And what I really enjoy about this book, as difficult as it is to read, is that Maureen is really pushing to envision a more equitable version of Hollywood and sharing voices from people who have had really terrible experiences in the business but are working to make it better. 
Um, and I really think that we need to offer space for people to share things that have happened to them so that we can like acknowledge that these things do take place and we can work towards change. And it's also making me feel a lot better about the fact that like, kind of like what we were talking about before, knowing that you've shared similar experiences where you're like, oh my God, I've dealt with that asshole oh, in the writer's room definitely and I'm home. not the only person. Like yeah. this is happening to other people. And especially when it's people who are successful and that you look up to and you're like, holy shit, you have all these Emmys on your shelf and you've still dealt with sexism in the workplace. Like, um, it's so- the Beyonce effect. It's like when we found out like, Jay-Z was cheating with Becky with the good hair. It's like, <laughs> Beyonce's being cheated on. Well, what help is there for everybody yeah. else? Or just, mm-hmm. or uh, Beyonce's being questioned in the workplace? Yeah. Well, what, how, how, how should I move yeah, and navigate? It's so So real. validating. Yeah, it is really, really validating. Like, it's frustrating, but it also gives me hope that, like, when we bring up these concerns in the workplace, we're able to say, I'm not making this up. Mm. Yeah, it was talked about. I can tell you, this legitimizes the the experience, which is unfortunate, but it hears like an academic text. Yeah, and and I and it's also just like speaking truth to power. Like some of the people that are quoted in here are anonymous sources, but there are some people who are like, "This is the first time that I've ever felt safe enough Mm. to share these things." And you know what we see so often happens, no matter what type of. things that we're talking about where people have been mistreated when someone comes forward it gives people the encouragement and the safe you know space to say like okay I feel like I can do this too so it's really really powerful she worked so hard on it and um just the care that she's taken with these stories is really beautiful and inspiring and you know sometimes I feel I have been feeling disillusioned about the industry and like reading this made me realize like oh I'm not I'm not making these things up. I'm not imagining them. Like it's it's mm. a real experience, which you've always known. But now you're like, yeah. no, I have it. It's tangible now that I know that these yeah. feelings that I've been feeling. I mean, it, it there's it's this this is true with so many experiences, but so often, especially as like a black woman, as a queer black woman, there are times where I'm like, I don't feel comfortable at this, or this made you know was not professional or whatever. And people are like, no. You're imagining it. That didn't happen. What are you talking mm. about? You're being too sensitive. No. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? I know. I know what I experienced. So reading this has been really eye-opening, but just really validating of like, oh, damn. Like, mm. there are a lot of things in this industry that I want to change, but realizing like, oh, the system is functioning the way that it's supposed to. And it's not my job to change everything. Like, right. I have to just do whatever I can um, has, again, been really validating for me as I've been reading this. I love that. I definitely want to read that as somebody who is like slowly trying to find their way into this new industry. Like we just moved to L.A. about a year and a half ago now. So that'll be good for like the what's coming. <laughs> what's or, or coming my not. way. Hopefully uh, well, we yes. change the Ho- shit before. Yes, absolutely. It, uh, well, I'd Ho- rather know a little yeah. bit yeah, of yeah. what's potentially coming. Yeah, and then, I do yeah. think it's good to be prepared to like just know some of the challenges you might face. But my hope is that, again, I'm reading it very slowly because it is it is a challenging read. But my hope is that by the time that I finish it, um, we will have continued to make progress. And look, I started I started reading this like at the beginning of the strike and then the strike happened and I was like, I can't read this right now. Yeah. And now the strike is Too over, soon. you yeah. know? So like there has been progress, maybe not as much as, as I would like, but like we fought 
very long and very hard and we've made gains. And so similarly, my hope is that when I finish this book, I'll be able to say, oh, yeah, that was a thing of the past. We don't Mm -hmm. do it like that anymore. And thank goodness that Maureen was able to capture it so that we could have a, a permanent record of it. I have no, I have nothing to add of value. <laughs> that, that was so beautiful. Right? That's a great pitch. Uh, before we get out of here, Francesca, tell everyone about your podcast, where to find you, and anything you would like to plug. Oh, and we're yeah. definitely going to um, tag Maureen's book in the comments. Oh, and, um, awesome. If there's a preferred link she'd like us to use, like okay. directly her website or something, you yeah. get that to us. Okay. We will take care of that. Great. Um, so I have a new podcast with my best friend, Delon, called Let Me Fix It. Every episode, we review something from the past, a person, a place, a concept, a movie, um, and then we pitch how we would fix it. And so we've done everything from historical figures like Lizzie Borden. Um, We have an upcoming episode about the fall of Blockbuster. We've done some career stuff. We did Jesse Smollett, which was really fun. Um, It's very proactive. It's very, um, we love getting suggestions from our audience. Um, And so we've just been having such a, a great time with it and the response has been really positive. And and I just quit Twitter, so um, oh, you yeah. cannot find me there anymore. But I am on TikTok, um, and I'm on Instagram. Just search for Cheska Lee or Francesca Ramsey. Um, and Threads? Are you on Threads? I am reluctantly on Threads. I mean, <laughs> for me, I'm trying to like lessen how many social media platforms I'm on. Fair. So you know, I people were asking me, "Are you going to join Blue Sky? Are you going to get on Discord? Are you going to do all these different things?" And I was just like I really don't want more places to like invest my time and energy I'm trying to do less of that um but I'm launching a Patreon next year, which I'm really, really excited about. I'm going to be asking you for encouragement and advice because I know you're like a Patreon queen. I got you. I got um, you back. You know that. Yeah. And there's stuff I can't talk about, but follow me on social media so that when I'm allowed to talk about certain things, Yay. I can. <laughs> you can get updated. Yes. We know something y'all do. <laughs> uh, Francesca. What can Aww. I say? Thank you so much for having yeah. me. This, this is, is so awesome. inspiring. Oh my god, You're like such I'm a mentor. Yes, oh yes. my god, you've got such a professional setup, and it's I will little, say little fake it's wonderful. Like watching you host, like I like as someone that's like worked as a host, and I know how hard it is. And I think for most people, when you are really good, they don't they don't realize how hard it is and how much your brain is having to do like 10 different things from the doc to the camera to the, you know, the taglines and the segues and all that stuff. It's like been such a delight to get to watch you work. Like you're really, really talented. Oh, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about talented. We, we got gotta to go, go. now. Um, Everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fly on the Wallen. Here's your outro music. Go follow Francesca on all the things, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. You know they're from TikTok, because those laughs keep you coming, because they're wilding all the time. Before Wild throws a tantrum, listen to our silly anthem, because they're wilding all the time. Don't swap while Amber squats and does a dance to please her place. And Ben reads books while serving looks. Wild is wildin' all the time. Fly, fly, oh to be a fly. Fly, fly, come and be a fly on the wall.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.